If you've been following along with us in online services the last couple weeks, then you know that I'm working on a series that I call Six Words That Influence Our Spiritual Walk. A couple weeks ago, we talked about mission and the way partnership with Jesus influences and changes the direction of our spiritual walk. And last week, we talked about faith, not just saving faith, but living by faith, taking leaps and assuming that God will be with us in those leaps that we will be connected to God. And this week, I want to talk about the word abide. Great church word. Nobody uses the word abide much anymore, but it simply means to remain or to dwell or to simply just be and be connected. And connection is a huge part of our world right now. As we've gone through all of the things that have happened in the last couple of months, the ability to be connected by the internet, the ability to have Zoom calls and Facebook Live and download from YouTube and watch service online, connect with friends by internet is huge to us. And we get frustrated when the little wet ball even spins for five seconds as our connection fails or a call drops as we're driving down the highway. We lose patience if the picture doesn't load as fast as we think it ought to load because we'd like to watch it or a video buffers for a couple of seconds. But I'm old enough to remember when getting on the internet meant waiting over 30 seconds for a little yellow guy to run across the screen as AOL connected to the phone, internet by your phone and told you, you've got mail. A full 30 seconds just to connect to the internet in the first place. And if you're like me and you forget to turn off something we used to call call waiting and somebody calls you, the internet connection is broken and you have to wait that 30 seconds all over again just to be connected. And a simple 30 minute, 30 second video would take hours to download. Google, the white page with the word Google search engine on it took a full 10 seconds to load by dial-up. And now we live in a day where it's fast and instant and on demand and curbside pickup at your restaurant through an app. We live in a whole different world of connection. But what if everything we'd have that happened in the last couple of months had happened before 1995? What would schools have done? Hey, come down, just download your student packet. No. Watch your teacher online, YouTube. No. Email the assignments out. Not possible. Businesses, how would they have stayed connected to the community and stayed open without these connection of this thing we call the internet? And we complain because it spins for a couple of seconds. Your phone would be a glorified paperweight without internet connection. And connection is fundamental to Jesus. He's teaching his disciples about remaining and being connected to him. And this is what he says in John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll even bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you, can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up into the fire and, and burned. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know, I wonder if, if Jesus was in his ministry on earth now and talking to his disciples now, if he might have termed this whole passage like, I am the router and you are the device. I am the Wi-Fi connection, you are the cell phone. What metaphor would he have used to help us understand what it means to be connected to him? Connection was important. And in this passage, as we go through it, the context is huge because this, as he's talking to his disciples about this connection, he has just talked to them and made them a promise that one day he would send his Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. This is Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit shows up and pours itself out into the hearts and lives of those who follow Jesus. And so Jesus promises disciples in 1420, he says, on that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. On that day, when the Holy Spirit arrives, Jesus says, I am connected to the Father, you are connected to me, and I am in you. The Holy Spirit in us is our connection to the vine. So he starts to teach in that context. He promises the Holy Spirit's arrival and that we would be connected. But then in this passage, he gives us a command and he gives us a warning and he gives us a promise. And the command is to remain. The command is to abide. What does that mean? Well, abiding in Christ, being connected to the vine, is to be completely dependent on Jesus. Not long after this teaching, not long after he's crucified, dead, and buried, and resurrected, he has an encounter with the disciples where they fish all night long and catch nothing. And then when he shows up in the morning, he tells them where to cast their nets, and their boat is overflowing with fish. And it's almost as if to say in that story, you cannot do this without me. But when you hear my words, when you hear my instruction, when you stay connected to me, your boat will overflow with fish. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abiding is complete dependence on Jesus. And it's a command, which means we're to actively participate in the connection. We don't just cruise along and one day become a mature follower of Jesus. We don't just cruise along and go about our life like Jesus isn't there and expect to be more connected to him than ever before. The command is to remain. The command is to abide. The command is to dwell with Jesus. But there's also a warning for those who don't. Verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. He gives a warning. That those who do not stay connected, those who do not remain, will wither and not bear fruit. And in verse 3 through 5, he gives us a promise for those of us that are remaining. Those of us who belong to him. Those of us who are connected to him. And that promise is that we will bear fruit. Verse 3 through 5. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. 
Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So it gives the warning, but mixed with the warning is the promise. If you remain in me, you will bear fruit. We need to hear that promise. All too often, our spiritual walk is walking and wondering if God is out to get us. Wondering if we've wandered too far off the path, if we've become too disconnected. Does God love me? Our prayers don't go past the ceiling, and we feel completely cut off. We feel like we're screwing it up, and God can't possibly love us. But when you read this passage, you realize that just as Jesus is connected to his Heavenly Father, he's connected to us. And the reason for that connection is for us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear fruit. He remains connected to us so that we will bear fruit. And if you hear Jesus' language carefully enough, he says, if you don't, you can't. Under your own power, you won't. So remain in me so that you will. And I will remain in you so that you will. It's the Father's, for the Father's glory and for Jesus, and it's Jesus' goal that we would bear fruit. Spiritual flourishing would happen. That we wouldn't remain who we've always been. That we would grow spiritually and bear spiritual fruit. And when I say flourish, I don't mean your bank account. What I mean is that your life would be so filled with Christ and who he is. That people would know who Christ is through us. That's fruit. That's spiritual fruit. So then that begs kind of the question, doesn't it? If the command is to abide and there's a warning against not and there's a promise in that command, then the big question becomes, how do we remain? How do we, if we're, if we're commanded to be connected, how do we maintain and cultivate that connection? How do we grow it? How do we deepen it? That's our heart longing, isn't it? As we worship and as we go through our life and we face all kinds of challenges, all we want all our heart longs for is a deeper connection to Christ. A real sense of the presence of God in our life. And so the question becomes how? Look again at verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. And then verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So in both of those verses, in this passage, when he's talking about abiding in connection, he talks about the power of the word, words of Christ. He says, my word that I have spoken to you, what I have taught you, who I have communicated myself to be has cleansed you. See, this is not about salvation. This sense of connection we have or don't have is about whether we're saved or not. It is about a deeper, transformative, spiritual connection to Christ. A real, deep, earnest sense of his presence that we are able to cultivate. And we do that by filling our hearts and minds with the words of Christ. 
They cleanse us. They shape the desires of our heart. They are our connection to him, to hear his words. Now, when I say this, I am talking about his scriptural words. We're talking about his words right now to his disciples, which means his words to us, right? To hear the words of Christ is one of the ways that we abide. They cleanse us, they shape us, they guide us. And then in verse 7, it says something really interesting. If you remain in my words and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be granted. Now, on its face, that sounds like, hey, if I belong to Jesus, all I have to do is rub the lamp and he'll give me whatever I ask for. I wish it was that simple. But he says, if my word remains in you, when you ask for something, you will get it. What does that mean? If it doesn't mean wish list. What it means is, if his words are cleansing us, if his word is shaping us as we read it and spend time in it and dwell on it and remain in it, then it'll shape the desires of our heart until what we're actually asking for is what God wants for us anyway. Now think about that. If I am so connected to the vine that his heart and my heart are in alignment and we want the same things, then when I ask, What's the answer going to be? Of course it's going to be yes. He will give you whatever you ask because you're asking what he wants. He will give you the desires of your heart. If the connection is there and you're allowing his word to transform you. So when I say abide, what do I mean? When I say how do we remain? How do we cultivate the connection? We're talking about our role in it anyway talking about spiritual practices of hearing his word and expressing our dependence upon him by asking. Asking God for something is prayer. Dwelling on the word of Christ is reading the Bible. We're talking about the importance of spiritual disciplines. We're talking about reading the Bible and prayer being an ongoing back and forth conversation and connection with him. And if we remain connected that way, we will bear fruit. That's the promise. If we don't remain connected that way, we will wither up and die. That's what this passage is saying. And so he says, I'm in you and you are in me. But if you will remain in me, if you will abide in me, if you will dwell with me and spend time with me, hearing what I have to say, you'll be cleansed and transformed. And if you express your dependence upon me by asking for everything, you will, get the, you will get the desires of your heart. So abiding in him, remaining in him, is expressing our dependence upon him by hearing what he has to say and by sharing what we want and hope for. And the result of that connection is verse 8. So if we're doing all of that, first of all, you need to understand, if we're doing this and we're cultivating that connection and we're pursuing him, then the promise is for us that we will bear fruit. Why? This is for my Father's glory, verse 8, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Why is the connection important? Because our Father in heaven will be glorified and we will spiritually flourish. God wants us to spiritually flourish flourish 
and he's glorified by it, the world will know that we are his disciples. But remember, the very first part of this is I am connected to the Father and you are connected to me. You remain in me and I remain in you. Yes, we have a part of this to cultivate that connection, to sit and to rest and to lean into and express our dependence on Jesus. That's our part if we want to grow and bear fruit. But make no mistake, this is Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit became, came and filled us and empowers us to make any of this possible. As we remain in him, he also remains in us. In other words, the Spirit of God is at work in our life so that we would spiritually flourish. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. This is not about what you can do. This is about what we are doing connected to the vine. So that God might be glorified, not us. Not so the whole world will go, ooh, look how spiritual he is or how awesome he is. But because we are connected to the vine, God will be glorified. And we will spiritually flourish. Abiding, remaining, cultivating the connection that we are called to have will forever shape our spiritual walk. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Remain in us. Abide in us. Make us aware of your glorious presence. Cultivate in us a desire to be connected to you. Help us to hear your words. Help us to express and live in dependence upon you. Remind our hearts that apart from you, we can accomplish absolutely nothing. Remind our hearts that what you want for us is to flourish spiritually. God, help us to feel your presence like never before. Call us to a deep abiding relationship with you. Empower us to demonstrate the spiritual fruit you've called us to demonstrate so that the world may know that we are yours and you are ours. In Christ's name, amen. As you go about this week, receive this benediction. May you experience God's presence like never before. May he grant the desires of your heart because your heart is so close to his that you want what he wants. And may you remain in him like never before. In Christ's name.